0: Last week, I posted an article at uh, WeistechHockey.com. It's one of the articles in the series that we're doing right now about ADM. That's the American Development Model, if you're not familiar with that term. And uh, the series is basically, it kind of came to pass by um, there was a person online, I think it, maybe it was on Facebook, I can't remember exactly where, that had asked a question. Uh, I replied, and then in my reply, um, it kind of led to a bigger discussion. And so I said at that point, I said, you know what, there's actually quite a bit to talk about here. And uh, so instead of going through it here on Facebook, I'm going to make some articles, a series of articles that will dive in a little bit deeper on some of my concerns with the American development model. And so this past week I posted one of the articles um, it's the fourth so far in the series and this one has to do with the structure of station-based practices, which is a huge uh, it's a huge thing that they're promoting with ADM at the younger age groups um, so in that article, I talked about a number of different things. Um, the article ended up you know getting quite a bit of traction on uh, on a few LinkedIn pages, LinkedIn groups that, that I participate in. Um, and by traction, I mean discussion. There was discussion going. And one person on one of the, one coach on one of the, on one of the pages, on one of the groups said, I'm interested to know why you think that station drills are bad for team development or individual development. And so I wanted to make a soundbite, because that's not what I believe. (laughs) And if it came across that way in the article, then then that's a mistake. That's not what it was designed to do. Um, I have concerns about the structure of station-based practices, but I'm actually a big fan of a lot of station-based drills. I should probably call them small-area drills, not to be confused with small-area games, small-area drills where there's, um, you know, a specific skill being worked on and developed within a confined space. I actually really like that. Um, in fact, there's, I, I use a lot of drills that are small area drills. A lot of skill drills, a lot of, you know, puck control, a lot of different stuff with that. So let me kind of explain myself as to the distinction between um, station-based practices and station drills or small area drills. Station-based practices are concerning to me for a number of different reasons. Um, and I think that there are different setups that will work better than other setups for station-based practices. At the very baseline of the station-based practice, the very baseline of the, of the objective is to be able to fit more kids on the ice, um, more teams on the ice, have you know teams be able to work out together, which I think is fine. And I think that that could be done in a station environment Um, But where we run into problems is when we actually try to follow, you know, the textbook ADM recommendations. And this always, for some reason, drums up, you know, differences of opinion. Um, ADM has their recommendations. They have their recommended way. So if they, you know, in a perfect world, if they could implement it exactly how they wanted at every organization, that would be the textbook ADM. And people like to Uh, have differences of opinion. And and I actually agree with some of these opinions. I agree that it should be a model or a framework and that local programs should be able to implement it how they see fit, you know, bits and pieces if they want or the full-blown program if that makes more sense for their organization. But when we're talking about a textbook implementation of ADM, there's some problems that come in with it, especially, um, you know, in particular what we're talking about here with the station-based practices. So a textbook implementation would be you've got, um, let's just say your organization, this, is, this can be um, typical from what I've experienced in my own uh, kids' organizations. So let's just say that there are five teams um, per age group, okay? So you've got your mites and there are five teams. That's what we had last year. So I think that's a pretty realistic way of maybe looking at it. So you take five teams worth of players. We had between eight and 10 players per team. Okay. So you're looking somewhere, um, you know, well, we also had learn to play on the ice at the same time. Okay. So we had probably 20 kids and learn to play and then maybe somewhere around 40 to 50 kids. So we're somewhere between, you know, on any given practice, let's just say between 45 to 60 kids. I think that's a pretty reasonable estimate. 45 to 60 kids on the ice, you're going to separate the learn-to-plays out right away. They're going to do their own thing. They've got their own little area on the ice that they use. On our program, we go between the blue lines on half the ice for learn-to-play. So then you've got five additional stations, five teams, five stations, okay? And what they do is, um, based on ADM's guidelines, you would take and you would separate out the player's the you know you've got basically five different levels of players. You want to try to keep, according to ADM guidelines, you want to try to keep kids of similar skill level together. Which sounds great on paper. It makes sense on paper, right? Um, and it actually is a really good format for a camp environment. You know where you're you're there. You're not trying to develop a team. You're just trying to develop your individual skills over the summer. And that's fine. So you take and you know you take your. You know what have we got? We'll, we'll estimate. Let's just say 50 kids. Okay, so that keeps the numbers even. So you take your top 10 kids, put them together, station A. Take your next 10 kids in line, station B. Next, 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 all the way down till you've got your, you know, your um, less advanced, less experienced players all together at the the fifth station. Okay, and then you rotate through. You rotate through with players of similar skill level. So sounds good, right? Well, here's the problem. There's a few problems with this. Okay. Hockey is a team sport. There are a lot of things th- about playing on a team that are good for a youngster's development. Um, the team environment, the friendships, camaraderies, um, team pride, you know, a lot of that stuff doesn't happen when you're never with your teammates in your rotations. Okay. On top of that, um, you're never with your coach you're you're with your coach one out of five or six stations, depending on how your team runs it, how your organization runs it. So you're only with your own coach a fifth of the time. This is assuming we're running it by a textbook implementation which never has team practices okay um, so textbook implementation and i've I've been through this like i've I've done this this isn't theoretical this is actual. (laughs) This is what happens when you do it, textbook. Um, The the coaches don't get to know the kids on their team. The kids don't get to know the coaches on their team. The coaches don't take any ownership over their team. Even if they try to take ownership over their team, it's impossible to um, to any consequence because they're not with their team in a practice setting. They're with pieces of their team a fifth of the time, but they're not practicing as a team, so you get to game day. The players don't know each other. The players don't know the coaches. There is no team pride or team unity, um, which you know. I mean, that leads to problems in other areas. There's it's, you know, lack of dedication. Players just coming and going as they please, not showing up for practices. This all happens, you know. And if and if you've got some utopian way of doing this that is working better than this, then more power to you. But if you're running it this way, I don't see any way around it. Um, and then there's another, there's, there's a, lot, a lot of different issues. Like, for example, and I talked about a lot of these in the article, so it might make more sense for you to just go read the article. But, for example, um, you know, what, what are your reasons for coaching? You know, I can tell you my reasons. You know, love of the game is great, but that's not my reason for coaching. Giving something back is great, but that's not my reason for coaching. My reason for coaching is because I want to coach my kids. I want my kids to have a good hockey experience, and I feel that I can provide that for them. Now, how motivating is it for me as a coach to sign up? You know, I want to have my kids help, help my kids have a good hockey experience, but then I really only get to work with my own kid a fifth of the time. And, you know, that's in a station. I don't even get to, I'm running the station, so I don't get to watch what he's doing in the other stations, right? So that's unmotivating for me. I could probably have more influence on my kid if I weren't coaching because I could at least follow him around um, the rink as he progresses through the stations and at least do something, (laughs) bang on the glass if he's not working hard or or something like that, you know what I mean? Um, So there's there's a lot of different reasons. I outline it more. I'm not going to go through the whole article here in this soundbite. But the point is, is that station-based practices, in my opinion, they're not great for actual development. And I'm talking about the structure, I'm not talking about the drills themselves. There's a lot of different reasons. I've kind of gone through a few of them. Another one is, is uh, lack of continuity from station to station. Right. So a kid might be uh, doing a drill wrong or skating with his legs straight and one coach corrects it, and then six minutes later, he's on to the next station where he goes right back to his old habit, and the new coach running that station either doesn't notice it or doesn't know how to correct it or doesn't say anything. So there's inconsistencies. There's also inconsistencies with discipline. You know, you have a kid messing around in line, and maybe one coach gets after him, but, uh, you know, maybe he fixes it for a bit, but then goes to the next line and keeps doing the same bad behavior. Or back to the coaching side of things, and I've actually, you know, call, <laughs> call it how you will, maybe you're more noble than I am, but have you ever had a situation where the kid is, you know, screwing around, causing trouble, and it uh, gets to the point where you've told him once, you've told him twice, you're about to send him off the ice, but then you look up at the clock and you realize, oh, there's only another 30 seconds left in the rotation. I can handle him for another 30 seconds and then pass him off to the next coach, right? So that kind of stuff happens. And, uh, it's, you know, I just, I don't see it as being in that mentality and that atmosphere. I don't see it as really being possible to not have it happen that way. So my recommendation would be, um, you can still run a station practice if it's about the numbers, if it's about fitting kids on the ice, I'm not against it, especially at mites, you know, mites don't need and they don't always need a full sheet of ice. I think there are times where full sheet of ice comes in handy, um, but you can get by with a mite practice easily and have a very good practice in stations. Um, but what I would recommend is that you either don't do a rotation. Well, I guess my first recommendation would be make your stations be team based at least part of the time. Okay, I'm not. I'm not even against having. You know, the occasional skill, skill practice where you lump up, lump in the, you know, the best players with each other and whatnot. But at least some of the time you need to have team practices, okay? So group the kids as teams. And then from there, I would even say just don't do a rotation. Let each coach plan their practice, what they want to do. They've got their own corner of the ice somewhere. And, uh, you know, you can rotate which team gets which corner so that you know there's a mix of uh you know possibilities you know like for example the end boards the end corners those are those are good areas i think those would probably be a little bit better areas than the neutral zone if that's one of your station areas but then let the coaches work with their own teams let the coaches take ownership of their teams let the coaches develop their teams to the point where they can um you know, the the responsibility of each player's development individually rests on his or her coach. That's how it should be. The collectivist mindset is, is no good for the player's development. It doesn't work. It might sound good on paper, but it doesn't work. It's, uh, it's tough, but when you see it in action, you see why it doesn't work. So, anyways... Long story short, I'm not against station drills. I think that they can be used used well. I love station drills, actually. Some really good ones out there and uh, good ones that I use myself. Especially at the younger age groups, it can be very, very, very effective. Station-based practices where you're running it in the way I described can be problematic. If you make some of the changes I recommend, It can still be effective and you can still achieve what you're going for with ice time economy, right? Getting a lot of kids on the ice, a lot of ice usage for a minimal price. It can be effective. But I would recommend if you want more information on this, go check out the article, read it, see what you think. Leave your comments if you want. But um, like I said, this isn't theory anymore. This is personal experience over the last three or four years, um, coaching my own kid. And uh, you know, we've we've actually, um, I actually really like my organization. And to their credit, we have made some some of the changes that I recommend here, um, that have really improved the ability to develop players. And uh, we've seen some really good development over the past two years with some of these changes being implemented, but, um, you can't just take nothing in hockey is textbook. Like you can't just take, uh, you can't just take a manual and apply it blindly. You know, I, I, I've said this before, but I don't think a lot of people believe me. There are parts of the ADM that I really like, but I think that it has to be applied with wisdom. It can't be applied blindly. You know, so take it, figure out, you know, what coaches do we have, what personnel do we have, what abilities do we have, what are we lacking, how many kids do we have? What are their skill levels like? Are there any that um, you know are you know are, are there any that, that are outliers that fit outside of the realm of what we're trying to do? You know, how does the whole program work? And then from there, pick and choose what elements of any development program are going to make the most sense for your team and tweak them how, or not for your team, but for your organization and tweak them, how it makes sense for you. So hopefully that makes some sense. But as I always say, that's my two cents worth and we'll talk again soon.